You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to Slopescast. What's going on? Uh, Grizzly, how you doing, mate? <laughs> All good. All good. All good. It doesn't matter. We're not going to edit this. We're just going to get into it. We've got a lot that's going on this week. What's going on, yeah. Grizzly? Why don't you explain <laughs> the six topics we're going to be chatting about today, mate? Go on. You go for it. You've got a massive green because I know what's coming up. I know what's oh, going God. on. Go on, man. You can do it. Right, okay, so in the first topic, we talk about the new hit anime coming from Japan and coming to Crunchyroll or Adult Swim uh, in Shenmue. And then we say, hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, what's What's going going on on? with that new Resident Evil trailer? Yes, yes. I apologize. You did it. I apologize, everyone. Before we carry on, everyone. Massive round of applause <laughs> to Grizzly for doing that. He was nervous, but he got it done. He knew what was going on. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that view counter <laughs> to drop. Um, and then we talk about an always controversial, but always a welcome topic on Slopescast. We talk mm-hmm. about the Amico and oh, yeah. their recent reveal of physical games. I don't want to uh, pre-predict anything, but I do feel like that's going to be a pretty beefy topic for this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Xbox is now a ripe old age of 20. Um, so we talk about the Xbox favorite moments and recent news, um, because I know that we do kind of rag on the Xbox ever so slightly here at the Slopescast, or really have done in the past. But, you know, it's still very much part of the gaming landscape, and we do sort of love it still, I'm sure. Dan I've got some great memories of it. I've got some Definitely. great memories of it. Yeah. Something we don't have as great memories about. We talk about the N gauge and the fact that there's a new prototype that's been discovered and has found it's wormed its way into someone's collection. Yeah, I feel sorry for him in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a look at this is a clutch topic, thanks to uh Griffith of Mites, uh, who is a regular over here on Discord. Um and that is a secret Sega Saturn emulator, which has been found in cotton Saturn tribute for the Nintendo Switch. Absolutely. Yeah, some uh, pretty interesting stuff. And I'm going to say that the cotton Sega Saturn emulator, that's going to be our Sega topic of the week. We've always got to chat about Sega Weekly. It's kind of one of my, yeah. it's in the contract. We've got to do it. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, the Shenmue is not quite there anymore. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I suppose you've got a bit of Shenmue. Oh, that, that relates. Yeah, I'm going to say that's two topics. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. We're, we're up on our Sega quota for this week. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We always need to be chatting about Sega because I am a fanboy. So let's start off with me slowing down the video footage of the teaser for Shenmue, the anime that's coming. 
uh, because I don't want to get flagged for people (laughs) watching this live. But yes, uh, Shenmue is coming in anime form um, as a little joint collaboration between Crunchyroll and Adult Swim. Um, This kind of came out of nowhere, but at the same time, Considering there is so many animes out there of classic Sega properties like your Virtua Fighters and what have you, like I'm, I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened already. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you excited for this? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, the, the, I got a bit of a, uh, a bit of a past with Shenmue. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love what that series represents. I mean, the, the, the general leap forward in the game, gaming landscape is absolutely brilliant. But I think it's fair to say that as it's aged over the years, it's it's becoming a little bit harder to get back, uh, go back and play. Even Shenmue 3, which, um, you know, it's very much old school in that regard. In reality, I just want to go back and experience the story again. So yeah, I believe that an anime will actually do a lot of that, a lot of the work for me. And I'll be interested to see whether this continues that Shenmue story, because one of the things that isn't really mentioned an awful lot is that Shenmue 1, 2, and 3 are just three parts of like a 13-part story. That Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was ever going to get to 13. I think it was a, I think it eventually came to the fact there'd be five parts to complete it or something to that effect. Um, uh, I, I think like Shenmue 1 is a few of the parts put together and then Shenmue 2 is a few. And I think Shenmue 3 is actually the least amount. But um, yeah, like there's only going to ever be five or six. I mean, I'm sure there's some hardcore... Adam Adam Korolik esque Shemu nuts out there that will definitely correct me. Um, I'm a fan uh, from a retrospective point of view. Um, I honestly haven't played them in the longest time, but I still, uh, you know, it's important to the uh, to, to Sega history. So obviously, you know, I, I'm excited for this. Uh, but the same as you, yeah, Shemu one, two, and three yeah. are only part of the story. Is this going to just continue retelling one, two, and three, or are we actually going to finally find out? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this so, is going to be a theme today. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but you know, we will stop at some point. We just, we just, you, we just got to pray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, but no, I, I, I think this looks cool. Uh, Adult Swim has been known for like some seriously good content recently, yeah. as is Crunchyroll. Um, they don't have much in the way of originals, as far as I'm aware, and it's not really a service I subscribe to. But what I really like about this, um, if if anyone's familiar with the Toonami Cartoon Network block, mm. um, so whether they've like watched it on Adult Swim or you know they watched it back in the '90s when Dragon Ball Z um, was first introduced to the UK, as well as Sailor Moon and in the US and the likes. Um, it was generally one of those like things that was quite formative for most anime tastes. I believe yeah. in the West. Um, so this actually gives me hope that this this will make more people fans of the Shenmue story, and I believe yeah. that's nothing but a good thing, really. Nothing um, but a good thing. There you go. That's one of our popular sayings that we always say. But no, uh, I, I'm in the same boat now. There's no beating around the bush of the fact that I often say I'm not a fan of animes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm kind of going against um, my own interest for this, but I am interested in watching this. For all of the all of those, you know, like uh, constant gazing into the sunset, like huh, when they should be fighting or in the lead up to a fight, and then like, um, you know, going to speak to someone and then reeling off prophecies or whatever. I, like, I will just continue on with the story, will you? Oh my God, he's using his uh, Rio Hazayuki technique. 
Oh. Yeah, it's it, it, all of that just really slows down anime. Uh, I know that's what why people love anime, but for me, it's I I, I yeah. find that stuff really really boring. Um, I, I'm 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 very westernized in that sense. I want the action. I want the bass drop in my music. You know that sort of thing, and uh, that's normally why i tend to move away from anime even even like very popular ones like your attack on titans it's great yeah but there's parts it, of it i remember there was certain parts of the episode where she'd be running in with the sword she'd have a flash you know to go and smash up some massive giant naked men <laughs> whatever they are in that attack on titan and then, and and then for the majority of the rest of the episode was her having a flashback and then near the end of the episode it cut back to her running towards i'm like my God, will you just get to it, get it done? You know, and I remember it just freaked me, it annoyed me so much that I ended up just not continuing on with that show. Um, yeah. Now, being someone that's played through Shemi 1, 2 and Summer 3, um, the whole game is you going up to people and talking and coming back. So I'm actually, for once, interested in that type of anime storyline where, where there's like a dragged out story and everything else because that's kind of how the game plays. Um, so I think this this one hundred percent works, and from someone that's not interested in that sort of thing, um, yeah, like I'm very interested in this. And also, <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush. Everyone knows what us uh, YouTubers are like, but um, I actually got approached by yeah. someone asking me if I wanted to do a Crunchyroll sponsorship, and I was like, look, I do, but I don't really know how I can promote it when I shout out about how much I don't like anime. <laughs> <laughs> they're like well have a look if there's something in there that you like and now there's something in there that i like so hey Crunchyroll, send your sponsorships to me <laughs> We're, um, like, I'm, I'm down i'm i'm very much like you dan with when it comes to anime i'm i wouldn't call myself like an anime fan however i do watch quite a bit of the stuff that goes on netflix you know the tsunami block as i said before yeah yep. there's a lot of great stuff out there um you mentioned Attack on Titan. I was a big fan of that. I really like the imagery and what have you. Oh, yeah. There's some great older anime such as like um, uh, Perfect Blue, uh, which is just a brilliant movie. Akira, of course. Um, and then you've got the the newer stuff like Parasite the Maxim, um, which is just incredibly dark stuff. But oh, I don't know. Maybe that speaks to my edge lord self. <laughs> you know, just like watching some of the the, the grim grim stuff, but. You know, there's there's definitely anime out there that's worth yeah, watching, yeah. and I'm hoping this just joins those ranks. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like if you are someone, if someone said, oh, I'm into action films, I watch Rambo and Die Hard, like the most obvious stuff. I'm very much like that with anime. Like, I like anime, but I only really, uh, the, the anime that I like is very much the obvious stuff, like your Akiris and your Ninja Scroll and your Afro Samurai, and, you know, like the Attack on Titan, like the really, the most, most low hanging fruit basic stuff so for me i mean i uh, for me to say that i'm interested in an anime goes to show that this this definitely going to be getting in. i mean it's good it's going to be getting in some outsiders like me you know i mean that, that that's nothing but a good thing surely yeah sure yeah definitely so um yeah thumbs up thumbs up now grizzly got a question <laughs> i'm not you, doing, i'm not doing it again <laughs> i am again. not doing it again <laughs> right we're going to put this on slow-mo as well just because obviously i don't want to get flagged but um, yeah, there's been a new Resident Evil trailer dropped for the reboot of Resident Evil. Now I oh, let's turn the volume down. Um, so I went and saw the old school Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil movie with Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Well, that. you went to go. Oh, that's a nice date. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. I've got a bit of a thing for Michelle Rodriguez, and unfortunately, she's not in this new uh, remake. But you know. Yeah, Honestly, well. you go back and watch those Resident Evil movies, they're not that great, in my opinion. This, Definitely. however, 
does look pretty good. I'm actually excited for this. This looks like a film version of the of the video games, which is kind of all I really want. Um, it's the reason why the original Mortal Kombat movie is probably one of the greatest video game adaptions ever made because it's so stupid, over the top, and look, we're doing Mortal Kombat is the reason why so many people like it. And from what I'm getting from this trailer is that they're, they're, they're kind of copying that. Um, seriousness and stupidity all mixed into one. That's kind of what I want from a Resident Evil um, uh, uh, movie. Uh, it looks good, yeah. I think, personally. I know there's a lot of jokes with the music selection found in the, <laughs> found in the yeah, actual so trailer. If you, if you haven't guessed by now, um, the song What's Up by Four Non Blondes is used in this trailer. And yeah. when you consider we're, you know, especially people at home, I feel so sorry for them right now because they're just like, what is Grizz doing? Um, yeah, so you we're seeing a lot of scenes of death destruction zombies monsters liquors all of that kind of thing going on and then you have you know the four non-blondes giving it and that someone hey, has hey. just pointed out uh give it a shout out to is it michael towns the thumbnail for yeah. this podcast has three non-blondes not quite four there's three <laughs> non-blondes carry on carry on <laughs> Very good, very good, very well done. That was Carry not on. intentional. How dare you? Like, oh no, that's hip. You're that's annoyed you didn't add one more now, aren't you? Yeah, I am annoyed now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, know. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the visuals look okay. I'm not sure about the, the some of the casting choices. I mean, Leon does not look like Leon. Um, but yeah, I I can see what they're going to go for here. It's got a bit of a sci-fi channel movie effect to it where it's all kind of like you know fake dirty kind of thing going on um i'm hoping that they capture a lot of the story beats and they actually do it some justice unlike the original films yep yeah i'm I'm curious to see how this goes um i'm also curious to see if they do another trailer with another 90s song um and whether that's going to be nearly as jarring as Four Non Blondes. It's, I don't know if it started with horror movie trailers or, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is a worldwide thing or Christmas trailers, because the John Lewis Christmas trailers always take some uh, popular, poppy sort of track and then do a really slow piano rendition. And it's always a big thing every Christmas. What are they going to do? You know, like whatever track they choose. And it started to happen with um, uh, horror movie trailers. It's been doing that for the last few years. And hey, now we've got four non-blondes. I think like they're they're running out of the most obvious ones to make really slow rendition uh, of, of these really powerful slow renditions of these classic pop tunes from the 70s, 80s. People know and kind of sing along to and some kind of, and they kind of mm. somehow relate to the actual movie and got like hey what's going on with everyone turning into zombies and whatever so it kind of works um i yeah. I, I quite like they've gone with it but it, it does it does prove the fact that they are really running low <laughs> on what 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 yeah. random poppy track can we use and slow down next um so yeah it's uh yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of when Donnie Darko came out and you had Gary Jules doing that really sullen cover of Mad World. And yes. ever since then, we keep getting these like really breathy covers, slow versions of normally quite upbeat songs. And it really gives you the impression that something's not quite right. And then it's going to have that boom sound effect in the background every other beat. That's exactly Luke, Luke what goes on. Slow version of "I Touch Myself." <laughs> <laughs> when I think about you, I boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I have a question in the chat for the rest of the podcast. I would love to hear, because uh, we, we spoke about this last week uh, on Slope Stream, which happens every Thursday. Everyone should like, oh, tune yes. in, give it yes, some support. Yes, yes. We, we talked about it before. We had a great old time just in the chat talking about what other songs would be appropriate. And I set mm -hmm. a few boundaries. So um, the game is set in 1998, September 30th. Um, which is really weird because Four Non Blods has came out in 1993, but yeah, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna argue yeah, about I, that kind of detail. They're not doing it for that, are they? No, they're not. There's got to be something else going on. <laughs> I, mean, I, I always no. found it weird. Like I, I do know what you mean, though. It can it can annoy you that sort of yeah. thing. I remember when uh, uh, Tarantino always does the very best soundtracks to for his movies. They're always at that sort of hillbilly rock sort of sound and you know like the greatest soundtracks to own because you just chuck them on they've got some fantastic music and every time you hear you know um stuck in the middle with you now you can imagine a guy's ear being chopped off <laughs> yeah um with a razor but then when inglorious bastards came out and they had uh what was it they had david bowie and i'm like this is strange yeah so set, um you know uh, back in the world war and you've got a david bowie song playing in that one really epic scene of the movie so yeah it's You've got to try and distance yourself from the fact that wow, that's a, that's an '80s icon doing music for a, a World War movie. It, 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 it's, it's a strange one, but I, I do understand. I do it. Yeah. So all I'm asking is, people in the chat, um, whether you're listening live or whether you're watching on extra slopes after the fact, let us know what song you would have picked, and let us know as well about the uh, actors and actresses in this um, uh, in, in in this trailer. I mean, who would you have chosen? I, I do understand the issue of. Hang on, that's not really who they should have gone with. The, the, another example of that is Tom Holland as yeah. Nathan Drake. That's such a weird casting choice, in my opinion. That's coming out soon as well. That's got to be that's happening January, soon, isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah, and I mean Tom Holland, fantastic actor, best person to ever pull off Spider Man. Um, so huh. you know, definitely. But he shouldn't be Nathan Drake. Yeah. Well, I, I want what, what's the guy's name who plays? Um, I'm 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 drawing a blank. The guy who plays 300, the main. This is Sparta. You know, Gerard Butler. That's that's Nathan Drake. Like back then, he's a bit of a chubster now. Uh, no, nothing against him. He should probably he could probably still take me. But uh, <laughs> hmm. but um, you know, I want like that big built sort of guy. Not not to the extreme that was like Sylvester Stallone or Arnie back in the day, but a bit more. He needs a bit more beef than yeah. That's the thing. An like, early we're... twenty year old good-looking tom holland that yeah uh, that's kind the thing, of like, like a young wolf of wall street character more than a, a beefy indiana jones rip. yeah that's that's the best thing i can use to the word i could use to describe tom holland as nathan drake is that nathan drake was supposed to represent the everyman and he's like yeah. an everyman with a sense of adventure tom holland is just a bit too pretty for that role yeah yeah he, he, he's too pretty he's too young he's yeah, but it, it doesn't suit that character, in my opinion. He's probably going to do good. You just got to try and detract yourself from the from the Uncharted games. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm more, I'm more into that than I am with Resident Evil. So I mean, I can understand. You know who I think could have done it? What Nathan Drake or? Yeah, Nathan Drake, Paul yeah, Rudd, Paul Rudd, uh, guy who played Ant Man. Yeah, although he's he's getting on a bit, but he, you, know, he's, he's you couldn't tell. Skinny though, isn't he? I would have thought. Ah, uh, he, he could have beefed up. I'm oh sure. yeah, well, I don't know. He, I don't want to say Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt could maybe do it. He's a good-looking oh, guy. He's, he's, he's in every, got, he's in every he's got film. bigger video game character roles to, uh, you know, <laughs> do, you know. Why? Why couldn't he have just done Nathan <laughs> Drake instead? Uh, it's a go. me. <laughs> All right. But yeah, there's there's a Resident Evil movie coming out, and it's got a song in it, and it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. that's the Now thing. we know what's going on. We do, right. and we're going to try and stop now.
Yeah. Because we're getting into beefy topic number three. Oh, yes. boy. So, I'll we'll just turn the volume down. Right. So, it was finally revealed uh, on the 10th of this month, so two days ago, when Tommy Tallarico, the CEO, yeah. president, and John Alvarado, um, who is the, he just flashed up there, the senior technical director, uh, both showed off what the physical, quotation marks, uh, games will look like uh, yeah. for the upcoming Amico. Now, there is no cartridge slot or, or like sort of SD slidey thing that they could have really done anything with here. Uh, so everyone knew that this was going to be the case for the longest time. But like, how was it going to go ahead? Um, well, it was finally revealed. And um, yeah, so for people that are listening and not watching, um, I'm hoping you guys know what the Amico is already. But yeah, uh, this upcoming uh, system that's headed up by, it's an Intellivision system headed up by Tommy Tallarico, who bought out the company and he's now releasing a console. He's got a load of his old gang back together from the early days of the Mega Drive era and the shiny crew are back together making a new Earthworm gym and re revamping new versions of old classic Intellivision games, blah, blah, blah. But the uh, interesting thing about this new this new system is these these new physical uh, games, or the latest new interesting things, these physical games, and they're not physical. Now, this is very, mm. very interesting. Um, I'm going to talk about my opinion on this in one moment, but basically what you're looking at is a sort of open case. Uh, you've got a, uh, a little credit card looking thing in there, and that is the game. It's no way you can't slide it in like a, a Sega My Card or anything like that. It, it has an RFID chip in it. Please tell me if I'm going wrong with any of this, um, uh, uh, Grizzly. But you tap uh, it on top uh, Yeah, it's an NFC tag, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you just you like an Amiibo. It That's it. You tap it on top of your console. It will download the game. So basically what you're doing, you're just activating a download, and then it is on your console. You won't need to uh, re-download every time you use it. Obviously, it's already downloaded onto your console. Um, and that's kind of it. Now... That alone is the same, no different than when you go to game or, or I'm sure GameStop or wherever it is, but depending on what your shop is like around the world. And I remember seeing stuff like Ori in the Blind Forest. Like you get a little credit card for before there was a physical of that game or Cuphead and stuff like that. You take that home, you, you scratch off the, the code that's on the back, you type it in and you download it. This is different in the sense where if you had an Amico, which actually you would have, we're, we're actually both getting Amicos. I've got one on pre-order yeah. and I believe you have too. Uh, I can come over uh, with my card, well. tap it onto <laughs> your system, and now it downloads onto your system and you play it. But when I go back to mine and tap it back on mine, it's no longer on your system if you're connected online. Now, my guess is if you're not connected online, you can keep playing that game until you connect back online and go, and the Amico says, hey, hey, hey that game belonged to Slope. You know, you're not playing that anymore. So yeah. it's kind of a way of moving around your digital download um and that's quite interesting it's done as an nft uh it means that you you're yeah. technically connected onto the blockchain and uh, um, before we get into this a bit more the actual uh, uh the little housing that it all comes in it comes with a lenticular card so for us in the uk we used to get that quite a lot on, on breakfast cereals back in the 90s where you'd have like one of those cards and depending on where you look at it it like makes the image slightly move it's like a little collectible piece um and uh uh it also comes with a little like mini collectible coin as well uh so yeah they that is everything regarding this they're about 10 pounds to download the games if you were just to download them but if you wanted to get this weird like card nft move it around sell it later on if you really wanted to um then yeah it's essentially double the price i think that's around about the 20 pound mark these are going for and uh yeah 
that's that. Uh, oh, actually, I suppose the one last thing that's interesting about all this, actually, is the fact that you can go and buy all of these right now, the first eight games. Yeah. For a system that still doesn't have a, technically have uh, an official release date yet. You can buy eight games for a system you don't know when it's coming out. You have a rough idea later in the year, maybe early next year, but um, you can go buy the games for it now. Yeah. So many crazy right turns and, and twists to this whole launch of the Amico. It's strange. Right. I've never so, experienced anything like this. Go, give me, give me your opinions on this. Give me your opinions. And uh, I know Smash JT, who's a uh, an investor into Intellivision, and he's been following this crazily even before then. Uh, so he's in the chat, and he's um, telling me that what I'm saying is right. Yes, you can keep it until it's back online. Um, P. Ferreira says he's here before the haters see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I believe, yeah, okay, we've got that all right so far. So yeah, sorry, Grizzly, go ahead. What do you think about this, mate? Yeah, so this is, there's a lot to digest here. I mean, like, there's a lot of good things, I will, I will say, and, uh, you know, just the very act of me saying that there are good things is going to spur some sort of controversy, but I'm Mm -hmm. also very aware of some concerns. So, but let's, let's talk about this top to bottom, just slightly more detail. So the physical yep. box includes like a lenticular sleeve, which is really nice. I like that. It's got a little collector's coin. I like that too. And then we talk about the NFC tags, which is basically an amiibo that contains a code for a game. And I'm assuming that just like any download code that you get, this will be unique to the the single buyer and therefore it can exist as a unique item on the nft blockchain my there's a there's a part in tommy's video and i really don't want to just like nitpick but mm-hmm. there's a part in tommy's video where i feel like there was a bit of a dichotomy or a, you know just like this um contradiction um he mentions oh. how this these cards are made out of this beautiful recyclable uh, cardboard and it has a real nice ecological message and suddenly goes and talks about the blockchain and I'm just wondering what the intention is here because NFTs, um, as far as I'm aware, and apologies if I'm wrong, I have a very external opinion on things like NFTs, you know, um, cryptocurrencies and what have you. The blockchain, as far as I'm aware, generates... It needs requires a ton of electricity and resources, planetary resources to be able to generate these, you know, these tokens, these non-fungible tokens. By adding these to the blockchain, is that not contributing to more carbon footprint as a result? And I don't I don't know. Is is it something I technically like cared so much about, you know, that I've got a physical games collection? But maybe not, but it is something that just strikes me as odd. Um it's really yeah yeah, it's it it, that's an interesting point about the um yeah the ecological message here um now for people out there that don't know i've actually um so i i recently announced i've got these coming and i have the ability to be able to speak to tommy about this and i'm going to be doing a video and as soon as i put that out that message out there on socials and i did a little um 60 minutes short on my second channel God, did I get blasted from both sides because I wasn't positive. I wasn't critical. I was like, what do you guys think about this? Instantly, yeah. I was a shill. <laughs> and instantly, um, uh, I, I, I was a hater at the same time. Um, so it was like, I, 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 there's no winning formula here uh, at all. And uh, who's who's raiding me? Let's have a look. Sorry. Big noobs is raiding me. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. To the 17 people here, we're chatting about the uh, Amico. Uh, we'll carry on here. But yeah. Um, what I will say straight away is Tommy didn't reach out to me. I have actually never spoken to Tommy 
before two days ago. We've uh, exchanged messages together in the comments of previous videos. Like I've done videos about games that he's been a part of. So Earthworm Jim and... Um, uh, I know he commented on my, oh, I forget the video, the MDK video. Obviously, you know, those shiny days and he did the soundtrack to that. Uh, but besides that, um, we've never actually spoken before. I thought, you know what, I'm going to reach out to him and say, look, can you send me these? Because I would love to do an unboxing. You know, like, I'm a YouTuber. I want to be one of the first people to do an unboxing for obvious reasons. Uh, but I also find this whole thing just so, so fascinating. I am a yeah. backer. Um, of this uh, on the, let me think about second round of crowdfunding he did. Um, uh, uh, it's fig. I mean, his second or his third round of crowdfunding. Um, and technically, I suppose you could look at this as the fourth round. You, you're paying for something and that money's definitely going to go to the Miko that he's, he's currently crowd for, surely. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so I asked him and he said, yes, um, he'll, he'll get it sorted out. He gave me some contact details. I reached out to different people in the company and said, they said, yes. I, they, he said, I'll send you over a couple of the games. And then uh, I got a notification pop up that said all eight, eight, all eight are coming. And that's it. He also said that, um, hey, got any questions? Ask me directly. And I was like, excellent. You know what? I'm going to turn this into a really cool way that I can do the video. I'm not shilling. He's not paying me anything. Um, the way I plan to do this, and I haven't announced this properly yet, but I think this is a really cool, unbiased way to show these off is uh, there's a lot of Americans talking about it. We've got Smash JT in the chat here. We've got people like John Riggs actually has already done a reveal of all this. Uh, you've got obviously Pat the NES Punk and all these other people, but they're all the, the, the American side. But and television has got more of a name over there. In the UK, it's practically unheard of. I mean, I had yeah, to look it's, up. It's certainly not that big. Yeah, I had to look up before this went live to see if this was even, if the Intellivision was ever released here, um, officially released here. And yes, it came out in 1981. But I, everyone you ever talk to, people don't know what Atari is, a bit of a fading memory. People know what Atari is, obviously Sega, Nintendo, and the classic days of gaming. But almost nobody, unless you're into retro gaming, and you have to be a little bit further than just I played on the Sega back in the day, <laughs> or even the, the home computer scene of the Amstrads and stuff like that. Most people don't know what Intellivision is. In so what I've decided to do is do the best unboxing I can do, like what you're seeing on the screen, like these sort of sizzle reels, really close-ups of the games. I want to do that. I want to make like the best-looking unboxing I can do. But whilst I give my opinion on what I think about all of this, I'm actually reached out to quite a few UK YouTubers and said, hey, watch this video. It's uh, the one that's looping now, this little four-minute video, and give me a one- or two-minute opinion on what you think about this, good or bad, and I will play your audio in the channel, on the video, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell people to go subscribe to you, blah, blah, blah. But it would be a good way to get an overall opinion from a lot of the UK scene um, about this. Um, and you know, Tommy, it's insane that we live in a world where the, 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 the head of the company is going to watch that video. People know he's going to watch. So it's not just for people that are interested in the whole, this, this, the, the growth of this Amico, the, the upcoming launch of this Amico, but it's actually good for, 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 for the Amico team to be able to see what the, the UK people think about all it. Let's just drop some names here. I have got, um, I've got Daz and Greg from Did You Know Gaming. They've already provided some, uh, uh, some opinions on this. Control Alt Reese is actually in the chat. So um, go subscribe hey, to him. Hey. Great channel. Uh, Retro Gamer Boy is another UK YouTuber. He's um, uh, a, a definitely an upcoming UK YouTuber. Really, really good one. Uh, he's got a history in video game development, works for some big companies, and he's a massive collector um, of video games, primarily the Mega Drive era. Um, so I thought he would be great to get his opinion on it all. Um, we've got Grizzly. I, you're going to be sending in some audio for this as well once I've got it Absolutely, done. Absolutely, yeah. 
yeah, we've got RMC, formerly Retro Man Cave, Goldfish on Games, who also works for an enormous, a huge uh, video game company, but also has his, cha- his own channel, a big collector of the home computer scene, things like the Amiga and stuff like that. Uh, we've got, um, actually, I haven't had them confirm yet. We've had Ashins has said he's going to be a part of it. Larry Bundy Jr., the Retro Hour podcast. Uh, on a retro tip has already sent this stuff over and hopefully nostalgia nerd too um i might even have a few more people i just think this would be a great way of me showing off as a cool unboxing look this is what they're doing and this is what we all think completely unbiased completely unsponsored all that sort of thing and from what i've heard already i've had some positives and negatives together and that way it'd be a great way for the for the um uh, the comment section to to take all of these different opinions and 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 just you know there we go. Yeah. It'd be, it's as simple as that. Um, some some people that I've mentioned there were just so confused about this, and it's the first time they heard of it. But that in itself just shows how well they're promoting this thing and how well they're getting the message out. So I think the whole thing is just going to be a great way of um, uh, getting that opinion. And I think this is the best way I can do it. And, and also, also differentiate myself from everybody else that's going to obviously grab these and unbox them as quick as they can. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Definitely. So... Just the general approach here, I feel mm-hmm. like it's um, it's almost like it has to be this way. Do you get that impression? Because when you're mm. talking about like... It has to be this way, considering yeah. what the console has become. If they had gone down an approach where you could actually add physical stuff from the beginning, then no, it didn't have to be this way. Uh, but where it's at now, mm-hmm. this is the best they could do with what they've got. Yeah. So in the in the comments over on YouTube, uh, we had I had just read out like a really really good one uh from p ferreira um Mm -hmm. long-term friend of the the channel um, yeah yeah always good to see him around uh it's a difficult position to be in where tommy has to appeal to hardcore retro gamers but also modern casual gamers and i feel like he's hit the nail on the head there the reason for that is is that the whole idea of the amico from the start was to be a family console with Mm -hmm. family-friendly titles but now he's uh, now I can imagine that Tommy's looked at this and gone, "Hang on, well we've got this, we've got this, um, all of these eyes from the retro gaming community who are looking at this and just thinking, well, either they're for it or they're very against it, and they're vocal either way they look yeah. at it. And the way I see it is, is that they wanted to create this digital console, um, which is fair enough, really, because in the modern modern gaming world, a family console did being digital only would be absolutely fine." But then they saw that there's a there's a desire for physical content as well. Yeah, yeah. and NFTs, your typical uh, like Peter and Deborah from Ipswich or whoever, they're not going to go into a shop and think, "Oh, I could earn some money from this." Um, playing uh, playing the blockchain market as well as the game on the Miko. They're mm-hmm. not going to think about that. This is clearly. Tommy's way of reaching out to the retro gaming community and the people who do appreciate physical games. I mean, when you're creating a console, you know, unless you're like the likes of Blaze or, you know, a big company like Nintendo, you're not really thinking about cartridge-based media. You're not thinking about CD-based media. You're barely even thinking about USB flashcards because they can easily be pirated, and I'm going to get onto that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> So I feel like this is the only way it could have worked for Amico and that this was just his uh, Tommy's way. Whether it's right or wrong, people make their own decisions. But I feel like this is the only way he could have done it. And at least he's tried to bring you into the fold. Retro yeah. gamers, that is. It's so strange, I, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. 
Um, yeah, go before ahead. I get into this, um, a lot of people, um, you know, think that I'm a shill and all this other stuff because I, I, I am actually excited for this. In my previous episode of uh, uh, Kick Scammer News, I said that, come on, if there's many more delays, I'm going to start getting annoyed. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of reasons why uh, I backed this in the first place. Before I ever speak, spoke to Tommy and everything else is because this system definitely appeals directly to me. Now, I don't know if I'm way too niche to ever make this a full-on success of a system, but, um, uh, I mean, downstairs in my living room, there is literally only one console connected to my television because, I mean, behind me, I've got the PlayStation 5 and what have you for, for so I can play games or nice screen in front of me. But downstairs on the big telly in the living room, the only system I have set up is Wii U. Um, and that's because when I have my friends over and I've got, you know, I've got kids, uh, I've got a six year old and a three year old. We still like to play things like Nintendo Land and stuff like that. It's like the perfect system. And this system looks like a kind of Wii U. Uh, and I know it's not the greatest comparison because the Wii U was definitely a failure <laughs> by Nintendo standards. But I want more systems like that, as well as my, my massive you know playstation 5 beefy triple a system i mean behind me i've just set up this new massive unit here i picked up this unit from a, a facebook marketplace and filled it up and there's over 150 switch games on that and the majority <laughs> well not the majority but a big chunk of those games are the most basic looking games like little indie games like aqua kitty and things like that and those are the sort of games that i just get completely consumed in and um even though these games look basic like people saying they're smartphone games or flash games I'm I'm not buying this system to play Uncharted Five. I'm buying the system to play games like Aqua Aqua Kitty and 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 Moon Patrol. That that, that sort of thing is that that's yeah. what I want to play from on this on this system. That's the exact type of games I want to play. Uh, on top of that, the people actually running this company. I mean, there's obviously Tommy Tallarico, but on top of that, he's got people like David Perry who worked on like obviously like the old Earthworm Gyms, MDK and stuff like that. So the fact that he's bringing him in to make a new Earthworm Gym game as well. Um, they got the guys, some of the original team, I think that are working on Echo the Dolphin um, or a, a new Echo the Dolphin. It's not going to be called Echo. It's like a spiritual successor. Um, that guy um, that's on the screen again, John, someone, John Alvarado. I might be getting his name wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I think you've got that. Yeah, he's someone that worked with back in the day on things like the Terminator and Wild Nine. I think even even like the uh, old um, the Intellivision version of Centipede. All of these people. Oh, and and also you've got the Bit Trip Runner guys. One of my favorite indie games from like when I really started finding out a lot more about indie games on like the Wii Wii era and stuff like that. Um, the Bit Trip Bit Trip. Um, beat games absolutely absolutely adore those games they're working on a new breakout type game like that like i would buy that in a heartbeat on any system it comes out on um like i'm very very excited for everything i just said all of that sort of stuff uh makes me want to buy this system like i i know it's probably too expensive for what it's actually offering it's annoying that we don't have proper physical cartridges uh there's definitely things that i would do differently but hey i'm not the ceo of intellivision <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um and um in regards to these physical i, I, I keep saying physical please, we do understand these are not physical cartridges that you can put in your system explaining it like that um yeah. uh this is kind of uh, i i'm worried to say ingenious because people will call me a shill but it is really quite ingenious i'm gonna say it. it's quite ingenious like when i download a game for my 360 or any system on the marketplace, it's just tied to that. I've got games um, that are on there 
and 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 that's the end of that. And 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 it's just on that system, and I can never do anything about that ever again. I've bought games that I've downloaded. I'm like, well, this is crap. This is kind of one step. It's it's between physical and digital. It's not either or. You can still download them like a digital, but this the fact that I can I can move it around as if it's a physical game, but it's still involved. It still requires the download. I think it's actually quite um, a, a, an ingenious um, way to move forward. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about NFT or blockchain stuff. I really don't. Um, so there may be stuff there that I need to like really look up on and understand a bit more about. And I'm ho- and I- I'm going to try and make sure I do that for when I do my proper unboxing and, and opinion video. But I think this is quite a a cool way of moving forward from digital um it reminded me of um limited run they did uh that was it they they, they do these kind of like these 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 are uh attracting people that buy limited run stuff you get a little coin inside and the card that technically doesn't do anything you know the lenticular card i mean um but you just get it because you want to have it nice and you put it on your shelf uh, as opposed to downloading a 10 pound download you pay double that to get this all these little trinkety bits um but the, the, the fact that you can actually move that around that's 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 quite exciting uh to see the future of that you know i find that quite exciting and limited run even <clears throat> released a command and conquer collector set um and that didn't actually include a physical game if i'm not mistaken i think there was a they, they, they released a command and conquer collector set of over 100 odd quid and the only thing it didn't have inside it was a game. <laughs> you had to download it. It had like a, a a code that you'd type in or something to that effect. And this is a step up from that issue, you know? I, yeah. I, I find the whole thing really interesting. Um, everything about this system leading up to its launch is so fascinating for me. Uh, as someone that's a retro gamer that's into the the the, the um that, that makes videos about the history of video games um the fact that we're getting new versions of these old games obviously it's perfect but uh, uh yeah everything about the launch up lineup for the system and now this is I, i'm rambling like crazy here but i just find this so so fascinating yeah um, it makes me even more excited for the system um and i know it's put a lot of people off you've said that word nft oh it was like saying the word cloud gaming or battle royale yeah yeah five or ten years ago everyone freaks out about it um but i i remember when people were going crazy like i'm never gonna bloody stream my movies (laughs) i want my movies physically on dvd or blu-ray yeah why is xbox talking about all of this tv stuff and then (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah it's 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 crazy um yeah, but I, I I see this as the same sort of thing. It's it's potentially yeah. the future. So I guess the biggest hang up that people have about this being called a physical game product is that you're not actually getting the game on that card. You're getting a code which tells it to download the game. Mm. And I can see why people have a hang up about that because let's be honest, nothing lasts forever. When we're talking about um, say we we were talking about PlayStation Three and Vita a couple of a uh, couple of months ago, where mm-hmm. the stores were being closed down. And once those stores are closed down, you you're not downloading those games anymore. They're, it's they're gone. You know, if you you missed your chance. And my biggest fear, uh, bearing in mind that the Amico, as you know, for all intents and purposes, I wish it well, um, regardless of whether um, I, I I fully commit or or not. I'm still very much on the fence, but I do have a pre-order down. Yeah, um, it's the it's the the big fear is that it could go badly, and therefore those games that you have, yeah, you've got a nice 
on the shelf token but in reality you don't have the game it's it's uh it's it's elsewhere it's not downloadable it's gone um that's the biggest fear i have if there was some sort of assurance that these games will be around forever and i'm hoping that that you know that link to the blockchain if it is truly the blockchain or whether it's amico's version of a blockchain as an nft yeah I whether that means that we can get I, it I, in I future understand that yeah the whole nft block i've got friends that like live on that sort of thing like trying to work out buying and selling and stuff but i i, I straight over my head there's a few things you gotta think about like a lot of i remember when uh sony announced the playstation 5 and you had a normal version and a, and a um uh, a disc free version uh, and I went to my friends, oh my God, who's going to buy that disc-free version? And I, almost every single person that was in that WhatsApp group was like, I probably would. Like, I don't buy games <clears throat> physically anymore. I just don't. And I'm like, wow, okay. And then I actually spoke to someone, uh, a few people that were in different industries. I won't say in case they don't want to know, but they were like, oh yeah, I'm totally buying the uh, digital version. I know people that have a Nintendo Switch and hardly have any games for it physically because they just like to download their games. Now, yeah. If you, I'm not comparing this to a PlayStation 5. Of course I'm not. <laughs> of course I'm not. But if you put the Amico next to the PlayStation 5 and, you know, you one system, the PlayStation 5, you can just download games and that's it. It's just attached to your account, PlayStation 5, and that is it. You can't sell those games. With this one, you can, you have the choice of doing that exact same thing. You can still download the games. It's attached to your Amico and that's it. You're done. But then you can also buy them physically still as a download, but then you can move those around. I think that that's that. that how is that not a step yeah. in the right direction? I don't know if it's the right direction, but like a step forward futuristically. I, I, I don't know if it's the right way to go or not, but I, I, I'm, I'm so happy it's happening on the Amico because it just makes this system even more weirder and even more intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is going to be like, no matter what happens, this is going to be one of those oddity systems that we we'll be talking about in the future as, you know, just like what happened with the Amico or how did the Amico get so good? You know, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to the potential of this thing. Mm-hmm. And also, can I just say the size of the thing? That is an absolute unit right next to those games there. Mm-hmm. Um, but lastly, this, this goes on to another thing because another big thing about, you know, uh, physical cartridges or just physical media in general is that they have some sort of protection against piracy. And I feel like, yeah, NFC tags, they're very easy to copy. Um, you've got, like, Amiibo is the biggest example I can think of. It's just so happen it rhymes, right? <laughs> is that um, <clears throat> on an Android phone, you can copy an Amiibo's NFC tag um, information and then use it on the Switch or the Wii U. And it's there's absolutely zero, zero bar- barriers between you and doing that. I, I'm wondering how long it's going to be until that starts happening if all of the games are NFC tag related. That's a bit concerning. More so for Tommy, it, I'd say. It is. Um, the comparison <clears throat> I would make there is the, the Evercade. Now, the Evercade, yeah. I'm sure, without even looking it up, I guarantee you can pirate that thing stupidly easy but i almost don't know anyone that ever has because the games are priced at the right point they're like 15 to 20 quid games um 15 15 pound games and i think this sort of fits in that bracket like yeah you can pi- like I'm, I'm sure I, I i don't know actually i'm not sure if there ever if there was a way that you could be able to pirate on the amico as quickly as it comes out 
uh, which is a possibility. It's happening on. I mean, you, you can you can play Metroid Dread in 4K on an emulator right now, <laughs> and that's a current gen. Um, you might be able to pirate on the Amico, but because the 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 price point isn't expensive, they're like ten pound downloads or up to ten pounds. Then he's going to make sure his games aren't too uh, anything more than that. I believe he said. Uh, and these little physical cartridges are only twenty dollars, I think, roughly, or fifteen pounds. I think that they fit in that same category as the Evercade. Why would you ever bother pirating when they're that cheap anyway? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, it's easy. It's easy to say that from the point of view of someone who loves to buy games and supporting. Mm. But, I mean, I don't know anyone that's ever. I mean, I've never seen a video of anyone ever pirating an Evercade. I mean, I'm sure there are ones out there, but I've just never seen. There, it. I, I, I can see from a quick Google search that there is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And quite I'm saying it's not it's not as rampant as like you know when when people worked out yeah. how to pirate on the Wii and the original Xbox and stuff like that and it was like on the Dreamcast like everyone was um everyone saw that spinning reindeer on the Dreamcast it was like everyone did it but um it, it's not so much of a thing nowadays um uh on, on the deeper system my understanding yeah so it, yeah that's that's the my general thoughts there is just that there's there's clearly some issues here I think. But I honestly don't think it is this horrible thing. And I know Tommy's been battling uphill ever since the Amico was first announced. And I don't say it's completely, you know, unfounded to why. You know, it, it's a brand new console. It's got a lot to prove. It's coming out into a market which half of it just doesn't get it, I would say, more so than don't want, doesn't want it. Well, half um, the people that know about it don't get it. Yeah. Uh, the other 90% of the population don't even know it exists, <laughs> unfortunately. And, it, and it, I will say it's difficult in a post Ouya world to not feel a bit skeptical about something announced mm -hmm. post Atari VCS, mm -hmm. which is another great example of what not to do. I, I just hope for the best on this. Um, I really do. I want this to be a success. And I think if anyone out there doesn't want it to be a success, um, then there are. Like, uh, it, I, I would love this to be a success because, I mean, I'm not the only person that wants to buy this. Uh, for me personally, um, it doesn't really matter because it's got enough games on it from what I've seen. The, it, it, even if Earthworm Jim turns out to be not great and uh, Echo the Dolphin turns out not to be great, you've still got that Moon Patrol game, which I think looks great. I mean, I, I rattled off loads again. Um, that, that breakout game is going to be great fun. There's at least four or five games on there that will make it worthwhile me to purchase this system like regardless on if it's a, a success or not in my eyes it's going to be a success uh, as long uh, you know as long as there isn't issues with like lagging controllers or whatever else and you know time will tell in that regard but if it plays the way it's being uh, uh, shown off um uh, in in the in the demonstrations um the few games that we have seen for it so far um that would be enough for me to be able to make my worth make it a worthwhile purchase which may sound bonkers to someone like oh my god you can get um mobile phone games that are just as good like okay that's fair enough but i think this is actually really good um those, those, those few games at least that make it you know, worthwhile for me uh yeah i mean i haven't really got much else to say from that i, fi I find this whole thing just yeah it, it's so fascinating um it's it's so fascinating everything I think it's still a case of. I mean, I think we say this every time we speak about the Amico. It is a case of that's waiting. It's way too easy to make a, a, to to give your opinions. You know, call aside about whether success or a failure. So, uh, mm -hmm. I've, you know, it doesn't matter which side of the coin you are, if uh, which which team you're on. Everyone seems very passionate 
when they talk about the Miko. And perhaps that is the strongest thing about it. The fact mm -hmm. that whether whether it's a good or a bad opinion will have a they care. They're talking about it, they're engaging. Maybe that is the feather in Tommy Tallarico's cap. Either way, I hope it does well. Um yeah. and I'm looking forward to actually seeing the hardware launch because one last point I wanted to make um is about the Amico is that mm -hmm. here in the UK, one of the things I noticed on their website is which retailers have selected the Amico for sale. And one of them is uh, Argos, which is Argos, a massive yeah. UK retailer. They're the, the catalogue retailer and probably the one that's netted the most income from video game revenue since like game they are very selective on stuff like because they need to know they need to ensure it's gonna sell it shows that they have some sort of belief in this console and i yeah. feel like they would know if there was opportunity for failure so take a pinch of salt there but i believe um that there is something here and certainly tommy tallarico's passion is is it rubs off on you because well he can sell anything. Yeah, I just I mean, think yeah, maybe that's he's a perfect a example. You said that about Argos. I just went there, typed in Atari. You can't pre-order an Atari VCS uh, on the system on their site. They are they are quite selective. I mean, obviously, yeah, you're going to get your big players on there. Your Evercade, you can yeah. get one of them on there. Uh, you can pre-order an Amico. It's been on there for the longest time. But yeah, you, you're not going to be buying a um, uh, Atari VCS or anything like that on there. Um, wow, the controllers. Jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's, I. To, to the US audience, um, be, the, the Amico to be available in Argos for us is as if saying that Walmart had made the Amico available. So hopefully that gives you a sense of scale. I believe they have, haven't That's they? What I, I'm not sure, actually. I haven't checked. But yeah, it's 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 a big decision to be to make. It's got to do well, you know. There's no sale or return these days. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot riding on this for it to be successful. Um, I don't see that it is. Uh, an Amico welder. Amico welder is, but it's not an Intellivision Amico. <laughs> you can Definitely buy one of them not. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated from this, and also a lot of it's from my, like my YouTube mindset. Like, I, I'm so interested in, like, I can see myself making a <laughs> and the lineup of uh, everything leading up to, the, uh, and I do see a future um, if this fails, which I hope it doesn't, but I do see a future where people say remember that flop the amico well here's 10 games that you can't play anywhere else that were really really good like you know what i mean I, I do see there being i i remember going home from sheffield back to the where we live down here in kent uh which is like a several hour train journey playing just yoshi touch and go which is the most basic game you can get on your ds it's one little thing over and over and over which i would play for six or seven hours but that is the the, the, the kind of games that they seem to be wanting to put out for the Amigo, just the, these very, very basic um, arcadey type games. There is a market for that. I'm, I am that market. I like that. Yeah. Astro, uh, all that sort of. Uh, I'm not completely thrilled about spending twenty dollars, fifteen dollars on billion. You know, I mean, if if that's even a thing that's going to be happening, I don't know. Much. <laughs> I don't. Just, know. just show us that physical edition of Earthworm Jim whenever that comes. Do you think there's going to be a lot of people out there that buy a game for this system and um, don't own the system? What? I think when it comes to Earthworm Jim, yeah, um, and maybe especially some of the if other it's that NFT like thing, yeah, 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 um, because you know that that's a big brand. A lot of people love it, and you see the value of the secondhand market on existing Earthworm Jim games. And I get the impression that yeah, it's going to do well, um, even if people don't buy the console, and or maybe by that point we'll see a, a price reduction on the console. Who knows? Mm. It might have hit its stride at that point. Um, 
I can totally see that being the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, who just said that? Chev Matic over in the chat says, predicting it now, Earthworm Jim will never be released. I, I hope that's not the case, but I, I just mm. want to go along for the journey. I want to be part of it as it's going on, um, whether it's a failure or not, and I really hope it isn't, but the whole thing just sounds fascinating. Yeah, I've certainly gambled on worse. Yeah, I think so. Did you get yeah. the Spectrum next? No, I didn't. No, I I, I bought an Ouya. I've tried the Game Stick. Um, <laughs> oh, so. the Game Stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of. Them. I bought it. I bought it. Like call it? I paperweight. Yeah, yeah. At least the Ouya had a nice big heavy case and that can really hold down a freeze. Can can nicely. Have you tried plugging one in recently? Uh, no, I haven't. I dare. <laughs> I don't try because it it looks at me funny. But that's the thing. Like everyone keeps comparing. We're really going on and on on this. Oh on, yeah, we, we we will end soon. But comparing this to the Ouya is a really really bad judgment because you look yes. back at the Ouya. Like, what did it have to offer gameplay wise? It was just an Android box, wasn't it? No, yeah. Everyone, including myself, bought it because it would be an easy way to do emulation on your big screen. Like, yeah, there was a couple of games, but. I don't think there was not. I don't think there was one game for it that was like a, a, a any kind of exclusive. Um, I, I think there was a castle one, but that came, that ended up coming out for the Steam anyway. Like at the same time, when they realised it wasn't going to do well, was that um, Towerfall? Because that Towerfall, was really good. Was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that instantly came out on everything else. Um, so there, there's there's no reason to play on a new yard unless you just want to use it for like a, a, you know, novelty. Yeah, novel. Uh, like, you know, emulation or. Uh, you know, random things like that. There's no actual games to ever do on this. Already out of the gate, if these eight games work from the get-go, that's eight games that are kind of exclusive. I know Fox and Forest I actually have for my Switch right back there, <laughs> uh, which is Phileas Fox, or Finnegan Fox. Uh, it's a remake of that game. But yeah, yeah, we should probably move on from this topic because we can just keep chatting about this for ages. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. Always the Amico, isn't it? It's always the one that keeps us keep uh, keeps us going. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, will be cutting right. up this aren't they using it in sound bites. But yeah, cheers everyone for that. That was good. Let's actually move on though. Let's move on a bit. Yes. <sighs> I'm gonna let because... you talk about this one because man did I not shut up about the Amico then. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a birthday this year. Um, of course. We have been oh, talking right, yeah. about um twenty years of the Xbox. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to get you to talk because we're going to talk about some of our favorite memories and yeah. just in general, how the Xbox evolved as a platform and whether it's still something you would consider to this day. Uh, well, whether it's essential or just let's just talk about the Xbox for a bit. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Don't you? Why don't we all talk about the Xbox? So <clears throat> for me, uh, I think my first exposure to the Xbox was, of course, like most people, it was with Halo. Um, mm -hmm. I was very deeply entranced in the PS2 world at that point. Um, I was still kind of behind as well. I was playing a lot of PS1 games. Hadn't really touched a GameCube at that point. Um, but yeah, the Xbox just kind of existed in the background. And I never really understood where it had come from. Um, but yeah, then Halo came out and it showed people like, wow, you can get these graphics on a console and hang on what are these twin stick controls all about you know it's the first time those those twin stick controls were actually done right and i just remember like the whole thing about let's get the the console gaming going online oh yeah, for yeah. the first time and i know it wasn't the first time because you know i i did have a brief foray into playing um quake free on the dreamcast but yeah it was the first time it was done convincingly well and hell, I wasn't 
getting any new Dreamcast games, so why not get an Xbox? <laughs> yeah, um, I remember playing Halo. It might have been the first uh, Xbox game I ever played. I wasn't a big first-person fan, but I remember seeing it and going, wow, really damn impressive. I played it in a shop. Um, I remember there was this one shop that had opened up um, and it was like a metallic floor and they had a GameCube set up, an Xbox and a PlayStation 2. Um, and uh, I, I, I was a PlayStation 2 kid from the get-go. But um, I remember looking at this and being, wow, looking over at the GameCube. God, look at that kiddie controller. And that's not comfortable yeah. for anyone. Um, how wrong I was. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it was very, very, very interesting. I mean, obviously, I eventually did get myself an Xbox. I think the... The thing that got me to buy one was when I saw um, how good Prince of Persia played on it. And I was yeah. like, I need this game. That was the game that made me buy it. And then as soon as I got that, I realized just how good um, the original Xbox was. Um, being able to put your own soundtracks onto onto the actual, some of the games. Uh, I mean, I, I actually asked earlier on, on, on YouTube, can you give me some of your memories? And someone said, I, I put my own soundtracks on uh when i played tony hawks i'm like whoa 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 you don't turn off a tony hawks soundtrack to put your own soundtracks yeah. on what are you doing um but uh yeah like, i remember doing that for some games i think i did it for cell damage and a few others but um yeah i mean i had a lot of fun playing those games and i remember um, I, I was kind of going through a phase and i think everyone was probably was you know guilty of it back in the day where games had to be polygon filled games had to be um 3d if it wasn't 3d it didn't it wasn't good you know, you was choosing yeah. that over over 2D. I mean, I think it was that, that age, that mindset of that age at that time. But the Xbox, and more so the Xbox 360, really showed me that, wow, it got me back into like retro games via indie. Um, I mean, I bought a 360, not off the back of seeing um, uh, Forza Motorsport, I think um, the original one, and, and, and Cameo, and things like that, and Perfect Dark. For me, it was after I saw um geometry wars i was like i need a 360 that blew me away um, yeah and that's what i take from xbox is reintroducing me to classic smaller indie retro type games and they just some of my greatest memories um from the xbox era are playing games like that playing games like those um uh explosion man games uh braid um that game that came out before Inside, I'm forgetting what it was called, with a little kid Limbo. around Limbo. That was it, yeah. Games like that, they, those were the sort of things. Uh, Uno, like I yeah, spent the, so the long playing Uno. Uno. Yeah, yeah. The craziness of Uno. Bearing in mind that was the first Xbox Live Vision game, and uh, it had dubious <laughs> results for the most yeah. part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was some good times. I remember, um, I remember seeing a lady flash uh, while playing Uno, and I'm like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> I was only uh, like a teenager at the time. Like, this is the best. <laughs> you know, I remember seeing Uno a lot more than that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I only ever saw one one lady flash. But uh, as a I don't know, 18, 19 year old. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, like even playing little games like Carcassonne and stuff like that, that was, um, it, it, it just took me away from, yeah, I, I had AAA experiences. I remember having so much fun with, um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, Burnout Paradise and stuff like that. But playing the smaller indie games, that's what I associate most with the 360. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely, um, at the time I played, almost exclusively xbox 360 but towards the i mean it was a long generation it was, yeah but, um it was towards the last three or four years i got myself a playstation 3 and i think playstation 3 was where you went for the triple a exclusive but 
uh, for the online play and the oh, this is at least my experience but for the online play and the the the, the good online experience of like downloading indie games and stuff like that um, it was all about the free yeah mm-hmm. i mean i was i was very similar like my my gaming pathway through the years has been quite uh, eclectic and you could say i'm not in any way shape or form like loyal to a particular brand so i started off with the mega drive i then went to the n64 and then ended up ended up with the playstation and therefore playstation 2 moved on to xbox 360 uh, and then ps4 and then um ps5 and xbox series right now mm-hmm. so those those that's my main console pro- progression um but i still of course had and played the other ver- other consoles as well but when it comes to the xbox 360 it has it holds a very special place in my heart because yeah. it's the console in which i met a lot of my online friends um and uh you know it's online friends you know people people laugh and joke you know you're talking to strangers on on like platform you know they could be either 200 miles away or even longer or you know just in general um it just it's there's a creepy aspect to all of this but no yeah, in reality yeah, yeah. I've, I've i've met a bunch of great guys um who we've met in person several times played we just play games and have been doing so for years and years and years and that's where um the site that i write for so uh, people don't necessarily know about this one um but it's, it's in the biography for the slopes car so i don't mind sharing it it's not a plug um it's uh playstation country it's it's built up of that same friendship group that we've created and it's quite funny that we started off on xbox 360 and it ended up on playstation but you know the fondest memories will be the xbox ones because that's when everyone was playing the same games together it was the console where the the game halo 3 came out and everyone on your friends list was playing it you know games released it was the last time we had like releases that felt like events you know like yeah. i mean bear in mind it's the console like halo 3 launched on gears of war Grand Theft Auto 5 launched on Xbox 360, which is another thing I think people are keen to forget. Um, but yeah, it's it, it sh- it's signed the dynamic shift. It was the first time we got to play Street Fighter Street Fighter Online um, mm-hmm. against other people. It was it was crazy. The kind it, it of stuff was, you it could was mind blowing being able to play games like that. You know, it, it, and to it was me, crazy. yeah, to me, the Xbox 360 was the last time. I felt like there was this massive technological shift in gaming that changed it for the better. I mean, in the 90s, you had all of this graphical graphical horsepower. You had, you know, um, shifts in, you know, technique and dynamics coming left, right and center. And then it all kind of culminated in the 2000s where they, you had three consoles, which essentially did the same thing. And then the Xbox 360 came out 2005 and suddenly everyone was playing online everyone was like engaging with each other in a positive way and not just in the your mum kind of way i <laughs> it's brilliant you know it was a great console it really was it really was i i, I specifically remember and i remember this this day playing burnout paradise and chatting to this guy and it was one of the first times i realized that there were people online that I can actually talk to about Sega history. And we just started rattling off all this stuff about, oh, wasn't it a shame that uh, Space Channel 5 Part 2 wasn't released for the Dreamcast? I was chatting about all this stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is so much more in-depth compared to when I chat to my friends about video game history. And, you know, it doesn't really go much further than Doki Doki Panic. You know, like, I'm really going in-depth with this guy here. And we ended up chatting for hours 
whilst playing and eventually we stopped playing the game together you know where you have to do where you get the two cars together and you do the task together i just end up going around the whole city trying to find the barriers to knock down because you have to knock them all down to eventually knock them all down basically um just just reeling off and chatting to this guy and, and just speaking to someone for like hours um about sega history and i'm like oh, this is so cool um but yeah i I've got some good memories, primarily of the original Xbox and Xbox 360. Um, yeah. One of my favorite games of all time is on the Xbox One, um, but um, it hardly ever gets turned on. Definitely. I don't even own it. Yeah. Series yet. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, just to reel off a few here, we've got Richard Smith over on YouTube says that um, one of his best memories is ripping CDs onto his hard drive. Um, uh, T. Wayne <laughs> said that he had a lot of fun playing Halo Reach with friends online. And the story mode, uh, and also the game Enslaved will always be a hidden gem in his eyes. Did you ever play Enslaved? Oh yeah, Enslaved was brilliant. That was yeah. one of the Andy Circus games, and uh, I absolutely loved the the whole Odyssey to the Odyssey to the West thing um, yeah, that was yeah. going on in that. Um, also, equally great Heavenly Sword, but I know that's a PS3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good game. Um, uh, we've got people here saying, uh, my favourite memory remains even after all these years playing Halo for the first time and being blown away when emerging from the escape pod at the beginning of the second level. That game yeah. was incredible back then and remains to this day. Still Battalion trying to do a simple turn at speed and <laughs> falling over. Uh, that was from Dan Hectic. Um, Joey Wyatt, this is something that I haven't really brought up, but getting Shenmue 2 and Jet Set Radio. I mean, the Xbox is kind of the Dreamcast 2. Um, I mean, I know you had uh, things like Monkey Ball and Sega dominating like the launch lineup of the uh, GameCube, in my opinion, and a lot of um, uh, critics' opinions as well. The best launch title for the GameCube was Monkey Ball, a Sega game. Yeah, take that, Nintendo. Uh, you may have won <laughs> the battle, but you didn't win the war. Um, uh, but for the, the ones that were open arms to Sega when they decided to go as a publishing house rather than uh, you know their own consoles was Xbox, and that's why you got some fantastic exclusives that. Uh, if the Dreamcast was a better uh, um, uh, had done better, we would have seen things like um, Shenmue 2 done correctly, um, uh, Jet Set Radio, Future, uh, they had that Sega GT game, there was Toe Jam and L3, um, obviously Monkey Ball Deluxe as well. There, there, Possibly the best, best version of Sonic Heroes next to the GameCube one, of course. Um, oh yeah, definitely not the PlayStation version, yeah. So yeah, Joey yeah. Wyatt said that there. Um, and also DP's uh, showing some love there for Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, I mean, um, wow, Kiam Drift. I wasn't expecting this one. I was very young when uh, the first Xbox was out, but I have some fond memories of playing Shadow the Hedgehog, and that's when I stopped reading what he had to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, Kiam. It's all good. Um, uh, Time Splitter's future was perfect, since it says the internet help desk. Uh, using the music feature from your burn CD, says Crazy Borg. Uh, my favorite Xbox memory was DJ Slope reading this comment live on Slope's cast, says Ellie. Ah. Oh. There you go. <laughs> How lovely. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Xbox Lanning. Um, I, I, actually, I actually had some, um, went around a few friends' houses playing, uh, I think it was Halo 3 via LAN, uh, throwing a, a LAN lead out the window from the top top part of the house and then playing some in the living room and in the bedroom, doing little teams on Halo 3. I'm not a, I'm not a first-person fan, but that was good fun for the few nights yeah. that we did that. Yeah. Yeah, big um, team battle on Halo 3 was great fun, especially in the, the sand trap level and just messing around with the elephant tanks, um, trying to flip them over. Um, just just, just generally just dossing about playing games online and just having a good time. Yeah, brilliant. 
Absolutely. I wish I could go back to it sometimes. Yeah, oh, for sure. The Forza Motorsport games, there's uh, Chad P, Halo 1 and 2. There's a lot of people loving Halo 1 and 2. And a game called Death yeah. Row. Uh, I used to love that game. No one ever talks about it much. Oh, and I also love playing Splinter Cell 1, 2, 3, just at Radio X. Sixth yeah. generation, the last great console generation. I uh, Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, I, f- I feel like, because all of the things we've described are things that could absolutely happen still. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the Xbox 360, the sixth generation of hardware, is the last time it actually felt like you could actually spend time. That's probably because we're all becoming adults. We're, you know, getting crotchety and don't have time for this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I, I can't help but look back fondly and just think, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, John Rogers says Fable. I just can't believe we haven't said Fable until now. Uh, yeah, oh. Fable was the reason he got an Xbox. Um, and I, I can't believe I didn't say this. Iquel shouted out um, uh, Outrun 2. Yeah. Oh, what a game. <laughs> I've got that behind me. I think that's becoming a bit of an expensive game now. Um, uh, yeah, quite possibly. Oh, mate, Outrun 2. So much time spent on that. And then the download version on the free as well. Uh, being able to play Outrun online. I was I was dominant on that. I really was. But yeah, good memories. Good memories. I'm, like I said, I'm not as much of a fan of the later um, way they're doing things because I'm too retro, I think. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got great memories of Xbox, major, major. Now over to this one, and this was what I thought we was going into before I remembered <laughs> about the Xbox. Tell, talk to us about the new, uh, recently discovered, recently discovered Nokia Engage QD sequel prototype. Yes, so this has wormed its way into someone's collection. Um, so the Nokia Engage, for people who don't know, was Nokia's first foray into the gaming market. They uh, bear in mind that Nokia was the mobile phone manufacturer <laughs> in the early two thousands, late nineties, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they wanted to create something a bit different. So they created this thing that looks vaguely like a taco. Um, and it just was not a good phone <laughs> at all. It was, no, I've only ever, I never owned one. I remember seeing them and I had a little play in the shop and I've played it. People have it. I, I... Well, the issue that you had, of course, is that the games came on little SD cards or, you know, very similar to SD cards. Mm-hmm. And the problem was, is that yeah. to be able to play them, you had to remove the SIM card from your phone. Not just the battery. Yeah, the SIM card. So... Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of makes it kind of rubbish as a phone. So you're playing your copy of Tomb Raider on this like horrible little dot matrix like color screen, and uh, you don't know if that like if that those graduation results are coming through or not. You know, it's 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 a bit silly. But um, what I will say is that the, it was a fantastic little experiment. It actually had its own little. It had a great little library of exclusive games, including a version of Tomb Raider for itself, an Elder yeah, yeah. Scrolls title. Yeah, it's got its own Bethesda-based Elder Scrolls game, um, uh, and it's Sonic even Advance got was on it, wasn't it? Or Sonic, yeah. Sonic Engage? Sorry, not Advance. Sonic N. Yeah, yeah, I've got a copy of that. That's the one <laughs> thing I've left. Yeah, I do. Right. I'll never play it again because it's it plays awful. But yeah, and it has, uh, as I say, it had like the likes. Of, uh, there was some big stuff on there. Uh, Tony Hawk's, yeah. I believe, was going to come out for it at some point. Yeah, I've seen video of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Engage had stuff going for it, and people love uh, people loved the Nokia brand. So you know there were there was a bit of uptake. 
but yeah, this has found its way uh, into the uh, the collection of someone, and essentially, it's an updated version of the QD, which is the second Engage model, which is the one you see pictured on the screen. Mm-hmm. And all it really is is that they added a USB port, a camera. So can you think like when these things were just not standard? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it runs an really low. It runs an upgraded version of its original operating system called Symbian, and a slightly faster CPU than the original. A typical S style upgrade to a mobile phone, but yeah. again, it's it's hardware making it into the hands of the public. I love seeing that because, well. Gaming hardware is is kind of kind of the thing I absolutely love, even if it is horrible stuff like the Engage or the Gizmondo. Um, yeah, it's just a great little ad. This uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're expecting to hear some more news about it, like how he managed to get the thing. Um, the German manufacturer, um, knock uh, the the guy who like designs the the pcb is actually going to open up and say a few words about this as well so i'm very curious to see what comes out as a result yeah i think this is going to be like some some cool news that's incoming um but and yeah we'll probably I'd... be covering it we'll probably be covering it here guys yeah so if you want keep up to, can make sure you're subscribed for all your all the latest engage because <laughs> right i've i've got to say it like who when people when this first came out people thought this was a pretty bad idea a gaming phone right you know to some people like me who go oh yeah i kind of want one that would be a nice that'd be a nice novelty i love the idea of playing video games iphone and proper games like tomb raider and you know you don't you don't realize what you should really be you know really be thinking about and being appreciative until Mm -hmm. you see it in action and i did own one of these I didn't. I'm just going to be clear on that. I did own one, and I <laughs> used it. I used it as my daily driver. But think wow. about how far ahead of the time it was. People play games on their phones all the time. It's almost as if Nokia turned around to people and go, "You'll all be doing it someday." And now look at us. We all have a we all have a very powerful calculator in our pocket that can do like ten times the stuff that the Engage could. The engage walked so we could run today. So I just wanted to put that out there as well. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got anything else to add to this. I didn't have this one back in the day, but um, uh, engage. <laughs> it's a little bit better than the rubbish one. <laughs> it's not um, a game com. We, at least it's got no, that going for it. No, and, I, and there, there's a system I own a game for and don't own the system. I own, the, <laughs> I own Sonic Jam for that. But um, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, uh firstly massive shout out to charlie ward there thank you very much for the donation mate hi daniel long time no see have you played any of the new sonic hacking contest stuff no i haven't maybe we'll do that for this thursday stream stick around for that and um uh, also mek has raided thank you mek thank you thank you thank you and thank you to man shovel and the l gator for resubscribing there as well really appreciate all your support guys much much now Let's move into the final topic. Let's yes. get into some Sega stuff. Sega! Sega! Hidden Sega Saturn emulator found inside Cotton Guardian Force Saturn tribute on the Switch. So what people have been able to do is remove the uh, like the, the, the image, the ISO image uh, of, of the Cotton game and put in other games and it works. You'll be able to yeah. play Switch game, uh, uh, Saturn games on your Switch. Now, 
from what I'm understanding in reviews, the lag on this particular game is not the best. And for a shmuppy type game, uh, if you want to call cotton a shmup or cute em up, I think it's probably better. Um, yeah. you, you kind of need almost no lag. Uh, I think there's up to 12 frames of lag, which is pretty extreme for a game like this. Um, but uh, hey, if you're using that to play Panzer Dragoon Saga, then you're probably going to be all right. Uh, plus, it's probably going to save you a few. Uh, if you play Cotton or Panzer Dragoon, because they're both very, very expensive games. Um, quite interesting, though. Don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I'm looking at the list of games um, that is supposedly... that. So the person who's gone in, uh, uh, GPA temp user Lisa Real 2301 um, of course, this is going to take some sort of jiggery pokery in terms of like being able to like hack. So it's not something we'd recommend doing, you know, for the sake of a, a good Saturn. But the things they've tried on there is that they're saying that this, you know, these games run perfect. These ones are almost perfect. These are unplayable. So yeah. just to reel off a few uh, that really stand out to me, it's like Burning Rangers runs almost perfect on this emulator. Oh, how good does that sound? I, I don't believe that there are many emulators for the Saturn that can run Burning Range as well. I mean, I know you need <laughs> a good, good piece of hardware, but when what you think about the potential if they can just, you know, release these games onto yeah. the Switch as, you know, a Saturn thing, now's the time. Um, there's other games such as Die Hard Arcade coming out on, coming out on Switch, hopefully. Uh, Guardian <laughs> Heroes. Um, which was recently re-released on the Xbox Live Marketplace. And bear in mind that Saturn Games Master Data is very difficult to find. And Guardian Heroes was rebuilt from the ground up to be able to make it playable for the Xbox 360. Nuts. So when you consider that there is now an, em an emulator that can play the original game perfectly, <laughs> they'd, they'd probably be a bit sore about that, I think. I reckon so, um, yeah. Chaos Flying Squadron comes in. Nights into Dreams runs almost perfect. But, you know, just give me some Christmas Nights action. P Panzer Dragoon Saga is mentioned. Panzer Dragoon, Power Slave, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic R. Yes. Ooh. Yes. As long as um, the soundtrack can, works okay, then I'm good. I can feel the sunshine. Um, and then Virtual On is another one that gets mentioned in here. So there's a lot of games that work perfectly with this emulator. It's just funny. That the game that they actually released <laughs> doesn't run so perfect. Um, yeah, it's laggy. So uh, hopefully, it gets sorted. Um, I mean, I, I I might have this on pre-order. Actually, I believe I do because I've got I've got the other Cotton game already uh, for the Switch, and I, I remember playing through it. And if that plays like this this one, then I actually didn't see any issues going from what other people have said. Um, but uh, I mean, I, it, it's just really exciting. I really do see the the the, the future of. Uh, the, the switch on the hacking side of things as being a system you want to have constantly plugged in for them. <laughs> this is going to be, yeah. be such a great system to be able to play around. Exciting stuff. And then it's not just the switch um, that is getting some Saturn love. Uh, I just wanted to like uh, bring this in. So this was like added into a news into our news thread that we have on Discord where people suggest news talks for um, for the Slopes cast. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that came up uh, about a week ago from Mike Towns was that the Mr. FPGA project, uh, which is like an open source, um, you know, very cycle accurate emulation device that can play game, play games from hardware and essentially mimic the hardware as opposed to just being based on software. Very difficult to go into the full story now. 
Um, but if you want to look into something, look up Retro Man Cave's recent Mr. Multisystem. Oh, go check it out. Thing. Yeah. Um, there are currently two calls being created, one of which is for the Sega Saturn and the PS1. But the Sega Saturn in particular is very exciting because, as we mentioned before, Saturn emulation is very difficult to do. Um, it's taken people up until, you know, the GTX 1070 era to be able to get it to work. <laughs> Nuts. Um, it's because of the the way the chips are laid out. Again, not something I really want to get into detail because you know, there's going to be someone in here who tells me I'm wrong uh, about mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, basically, we're going to get perfect emulation for the Sega Saturn soon, and I cannot, I absolutely cannot wait because it is one of the most underrated systems out there. It really um, is. So many good games on that. Keep keep an eye out because it's going to get good soon. And guys, I think we're at the end of the podcast. That was a long one. Ew. It was that Amico chat, wasn't it? It was that Amico chat that we uh, we got held up on. But we're just, but yes. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturn. Ah, oh, mate. I, I, I'm saying that the, the, the Switch is going to be the best place for this stuff, but I mean, I do have a... <laughs> Likewise. That might be better. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this, this is nothing but good news. Um, uh, for us, probably not so much for them. <laughs> the people actually really yeah. it. Oh, We should have locked this out a little. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. But thank well, you all so much for... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone for hanging out tonight. I think we've uh, uh, we, we we covered some nice stuff, and um, I don't know if he's watching now or in the future. But everyone, say hello to Tommy Talarico because I imagine he's going to listen in on this. <laughs> hey, Tommy, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for the game. <laughs> I'm excited to do the unboxing. I'm excited for you to hear what everyone UK thinks. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Much love, everyone. Um, and uh, let's uh, roll that outro. Catch y'all later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time